Welcome to the Morning Sanity Check, where we talk about the different pillars of resilience, spiritual, physical, social, and mental. Join us so we can talk about it, then be about it. Let the show begin. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um, Hi, how are you? (laughs) Welcome to Sanity Check. I am your host, Camille. Seth is not with us today. Um, He had some things that he had to take care of because, as you know, life happens. So with that being said, we're going to talk today about um, being emotionally unavailable. Are you emotionally unavailable? And what does that mean? So come on in. Love to see y'all. Hey, hey, Herm. What's going on? What's going on? Good to see you guys. Going to talk a little bit about this emotional unavailability. Um, all of us may be guilty at some point in our, in our lives. All of us may have uh, known someone who may be emotionally unavailable, but we're going to talk about what that looks like. So as you come on in, good morning, good morning. Um, make sure you like, make sure you share, share with all your friends, um, because we want to have some of this good conversation. So uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about it, get right into it this morning. You know, we have about an hour and a half. So we're going to talk, hopefully get some uh, real good conversation going with this because you may be the emotionally unavailable one uh, once we go through all of this. So, (laughs) hey, mom, good to see you on here. Thanks for showing up. Please share, share, share as you come on. So what is being emotionally unavailable? Uh, emotionally unavailable really is like it describes a person who really isn't open to discussing any of their feelings, sharing their feelings. Um, they're very evasive. You know, they don't want to make any time commitments. They don't want to make any plans with people. You kind of never really get to know who they are because they're very evasive. Like I said, emotionally evasive. Anytime you want to talk about them, you know, sometimes they want to flip it back on you. They want to flip it back on you and be like, oh, so what about you? And you feel like you can never get a real sense of who this person is. So those people, you know, those are just some traits of being emotionally unavailable. And I think that um, a lot of us have have met these people, but didn't really quite know what was going on. You know, sometimes they have difficulty trusting people. You know, they don't really form real good tight relationships and things like that. So they also have a really hard time uh, receiving love and giving love receiving love and deep emotions from other people. Um, You know, anytime somebody gets close to them, they want to push them back. And it's just because, you know, like we say all the time, you really can't give what you don't have or what you don't know how to uh, receive. You never gotten it. Um, And so therefore it's hard for you to accept that from other people because it's an uncomfortable feeling. And so a lot of this, um, emotional unavailability starts when you're a kid. It starts as a a, a kid. You know, we talk about attachment to those of you who probably went through, you know, some sort of psychology class or something like that. And they talk about the different attachment styles. And when we're talking about emotional unavailability, we're really kind of, um, it's closely related to the avoidant attachment style. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but basically um, they learn, kids learn to unattach themselves when their caregivers are inconsistent, um, not trustworthy, 
they lose trust in their, their caregivers um, and they never are really able to address the wounds that they have. So they just withdraw from people. And as we know, kind of the things that we go through as kids, it tends to follow us through adulthood. Um, and then we we attach those same things um, to our, we attach those same things to our um, adult relationships. So um, good morning. Good morning, everyone on here. So glad to see you as we're talking about um, emotional unavailability. And uh, we were just going over what that is, really, um, that avoidant attachment style, people who just cannot, there's no emotional depth to them. So how can we really um, find out if maybe the person that we're with is emotionally unavailable or conversely, if we're emotionally unavailable, because it takes a, a level of self-awareness um, to know that, to know what those signs are, um, to be able to say that, communicate that with somebody else so that we're not stringing people along, um, not understanding fully why we cannot connect with people. Um, this is a good way to find out. So good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, my co-host Seth is out today. I'm taking care of life. You know, life happens to us all. So uh, glad you guys are joining me today. Please share this segment. Hopefully it will be of use to you guys. So um, going back to how are, what are some of the telltale signs of being emotionally unavailable? Um, have you ever met a person who really has never been in, you asked them about their relationship history and they're like, oh, well, I never had any long-term relationships. You know, they might be in their late thirties, forties, and even fifties. And um, they say, well, you know, I just never found the right person you know, say, well, what's the longest relationship you've ever been in? Oh, you know, a couple months here and there. Well, what happened? Oh, you know, it just didn't work out. You know, very evasive about what it is. Um, and typically that is because they're probably emotionally unavailable. Could be due to childhood, could be due to maybe a trauma in one relationship. And they decided that they just couldn't trust anybody anymore. Um, but they've never had any type of long-term relationships. And I'll tell you this too, in my forties, I have met so many people my age and older who, um, and there's nothing wrong with it, don't get me wrong, who have never been married or have never had any sort of real relationships. And I wonder how do you go through that many years and never um, connect to a person in a, in a deeply intimate way? You know, but this is probably one of those things. And um, anytime someone tries to get close to them, you know, it really opens up their vulnerability, which scares them. And so they will cut people off at the drop of a dime. Like, and then you'll be like, well, what happened to that relationship? Oh, so-and-so was such a nice girl. And they were like, oh, no, you know, she was too clingy. She was too needy. She was just, you know, I mean, I don't know. She just wanted too much. She was trying to get too close. I, I just... I can't do that. You know what I mean? Uh -uh, she was just trying to get, I, I don't know. She wanted to spend too much time with me. You're like, well, don't you want to spend time with the person that you, you like, you know, <laughs> um, that you're trying to get to know? Oh no. You know, I just, I like my space. And then you're like, is it really the person, you know, was it really that bad or is there something else going on in the, in the background? And again, like I said, um, you know, 
it's that avoidant attachment. They don't trust people with their feelings. They don't trust them being vulnerable. Therefore, they tend to shut down, shut down and would rather cut off a good thing than to open up emotionally and have that or, or start to, to get that emotional depth in a relationship with someone. And so I'm going to repeat that one more time. So an emotionally unavailable person is one who um, is very evasive, one who does not want to um, be emotionally vulnerable. Uh, they may have outbursts of anger. They may um, you know, be very distant. They may cut somebody off at the drop of a dime for no real reason. Um, they... Uh, can be kind of hard to read, maybe a little bit flaky at times, and don't want to have any real commitment. And that includes time commitments with people. So, you know, when it comes to making plans and things, but we'll um, talk about that a little bit later on as well. So what are some other telltale signs of an emotionally unavailable person? Um, I'll say this. They don't want to talk about real stuff. I know some of you guys have probably been in relationships where you just felt like it was very, very superficial. Like we don't talk about our hopes. We don't talk about our dreams. We don't talk about our visions. We don't talk about, you know, family. Like how was your childhood? Oh, it was good. And you're like, okay, well, what was good? You know what I mean? What was good about it? How was your family dynamic? Oh, you know, um, you know, we was cool. You know, me and my siblings got along, you know, mom and dad got along or whatever. And you're like, you never really get a sense of this person's life. You know, there's just, they continue to evade the questions. Um, the communication is very surface level. You never get to really, you know, that since you leave and you're like, I still don't know this person. I've been seeing this person for six, seven months, and I still don't get a good sense of who they are. You know, who are, who is this person? You know, I know about their family. I know about, you know, but there's no feeling attached to it. It's just like, this is what we did, or this was the dynamic, but there's absolutely no feeling about who this person is in terms of, you know, how they are with their family. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's the communication that has to happen. Now, everybody who, who, you know, doesn't have a good childhood experience or whatever, isn't emotionally distant or unavailable. That's not how it is. And some people may shy away from certain portions or topics in their life because they really aren't ready yet to share. It's not that they're emotionally unavailable. They're just, it's just not the right time, or maybe it's too soon in the relationship. But if it's consistent and there's a consistent lack of transparency about, you know, their emotions or what they went through, then they're probably emotionally unavailable. And it's really a roadblock to communication because, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have been in these conversations too, but it's a lot of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, let's not talk about me. I'm gonna talk about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how was your childhood? And you keep like, okay, you always want to know about me but I still don't have a good sense of who you are. Like, who is this person? And every time you go there with them, they want to flip it back on you. And you're like, come on now, you know, give me something, throw me a bone here. I'm really trying to get to know you, but 
there's nothing there. And then there's a lot of inconsistent communication. You know, people that say, I'll call you back, you know, or uh, give me some time and I get right back with you. But you're never really sure when that get right back with you is. You know, you're waiting and waiting and you feel like, you know, okay, he said he was going to call me back. Is that an hour? Should I call him back the next day or whatever the case is? Um, Because you never get a clear sense of when that call is ever going to come. And typically, it may not come with emotionally unavailable people. And so we'll talk about that here in a minute, you know, and then there's, there's a difference. And I want to say this too, uh, between someone who's emotionally unavailable and then someone who just is taking their time to get to know you, you know, you, you gotta, there's some, some key words there rather than, I don't want to talk about it or flipping it on you. Maybe this person says, Hey, I just like taking my time. You know what I'm saying? I just want to take my time a little bit at a time and see how we go. But there's a consistent but slow, you know, opening up or communication there. There is a, a certain depth to that conversation. Um, it's just taking a long time. That's totally different than a completely unavailable person, unavailable person. That person just doesn't want to talk about it at all. So have you guys ever had, uh, you know, any dealings with people like that? Hit me up in the comments. We don't really have a um, the call today, but if you guys hit me up in the comments, then I will put your, your comments up there and we can talk about it, you know, but I've, I've had several, you know, as I, I look back, I've had several relationships or, you know, dating courtships that um, were with emotionally unavailable people. And I didn't understand that at the time. But um, as I look back now, I can see how they just were not available for me. And I felt like I was in a one-sided relationship. And so we'll talk about that too, like feeling like you're in a one-sided relationship or even a friendship. Um, You know, those relationships where you're the one that's constantly reaching out all the time. And the only time you hear from that person is when you text them, they respond, maybe give you a one word response. Or if you um, call them to see, you know, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. All right. You know, I'll call you back or whatever. And you never get that call back. Maybe they're emotionally unavailable. They don't ever call to see how you're doing. You know, they don't call to see if you're okay. You just say, hey, I was thinking about you. You know, what's going on or whatever the case may be. That doesn't happen. It's always one-sided. And so you're left feeling like, man, you know, if I didn't take the time to reach out to this person, there wouldn't even be a relationship or wouldn't even be a friendship. You know what I mean? Um, that person, I, I, I was dating someone too who I always wanted... Um, to do something. Actually, it was an ex-husband, okay? <laughs> I'll be transparent with y'all, okay? It was an ex-husband. But um, I used to always want to do stuff. And I was the one that was always making the plans. Like, he would never initiate any plan. And then it would be like, all right, we got all these things. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, what it is. or Just, okay, just tell me where to be. But then when the day comes, then... He wouldn't want to go. And I was like, I made all these plans. I spent all this money. And now here I am. And you don't even want to come. And that was 
really, really frustrating to me. And I didn't understand what was going on with him. But now I can see, and now that we've, we've actually had conversations, he was emotionally unavailable during that time. And I spent a lot of time and energy trying to you know, make this relationship right when you can't do it with only one person. You know, you can't do it with only one person. So, you know, it's one of those things that they're not investing in this relationship, in this friendship. Um, it's frustrating to you. And then sometimes you're like, do they even like me at all? You know, but they, 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 they're they there just enough to keep you, you know, kind of uh, dragging along. Like, oh, well, he answered my phone call this one time or he did go to this one place. So he must like me, right? But then in the big scheme of things, you know, 99 times out of 100, that person is not there, doesn't show up. You know, they they don't respond. You're the one reaching out to them all the time. And so that, you know, really is another barrier to a healthy relationship, whether it's family, whether it's friends, because we have, all, we all, look, let me just say this. We all have those friends who want to travel, right? Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We make plans. You know, somebody spends all the time to get everything together. And then the day of the event, nobody shows up and you're like, okay, so am I doing this by myself? You know? Okay. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not going by myself. I just learned to say, you know what? I'm going. I'm going by myself. I'm going to do whatever it takes to do, you know, whatever and enjoy myself um, because that's what it's about. Right. It really is. You got to take care of yourself even when uh, other people are not there. And so um, have you guys ever had any experience with that? Let me know. Because I know there's uh, I see memes all the time on um, Facebook and stuff like that where people like, you know, make those plans, whether anybody goes or not travel solo because. People will make plans with you and have no intentions because not just financially, but emotionally, they're not invested in the relationship. They're not invested in the friendship and it becomes a one way thing. And they don't think about the time and the energy that it took for you to make all those plans and do everything. But they're just not there. They're just not there. Yes, yes. And I was just saying, I really um, had a, um, my ex-husband was like that. And it was so frustrating that I felt like I was in a relationship by myself. I was the one always making the plans. I was the one always, you know, trying to get us together as a family to do stuff. And I was just like, why are you here? You know, if you're not willing to put in any effort, why are you here? And it was so frustrating and it really got in the way of the relationship. There were so many levels to it, uh, so many things that were going on that I was unaware of, you know, from childhood, from previous relationships, from, you know, the dynamics in the family um, that really, really played a part in the overall, you know, our marriage. He just was not emotionally ready for that type. And so in my mind, I'm like, so why'd you marry me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we could have just been friends or whatever the case may be. But I think sometimes there's that seeking that, that um, you know, connection there. Uh, you, you're looking for that thing that you're missing. You find somebody, but then you find out that you're really not ready for it because you can't give what you don't have or what you don't understand or what you never received because you don't know what that looks like. Um, and so that's that's pretty frustrating pretty frustrating. So, you know, and I'll say this too, I, you know, with emotionally unavailable people, I had 
after my divorce, I was trying to date this one guy. I figured, you know, he was older. And so they always say, well, older people are a little bit more settled. They know what they want. They, um, you know, are more consistent, more this and this and that. So, you know, he's in his 50s. I'm in my 40s. And so it seemed like a good idea. Right. And um, no. After a while, he would make plans. And then every time at the last minute, he would be like, oh, you know, something came up. Oh, I got to go check on my mom. Oh, I got to do all this and all that. And so finally, uh, it was to the point where we're supposed to go out to do things and I would be dressed and everything like that. And I was like, well, you know, life goes on. I'm going to do what I have to do, (laughs) you know. So I would continue to do what I had to do. And he was, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yep, okay." So every time he would call and make a plan, I didn't. I always had like plan B or like life would still go on because he was so inconsistent that I knew that if I was waiting on him, I wasn't going to go nowhere. So then he finally invited me to this this uh, ball thing. And so the day the ball came, he comes, he's all ready and everything like that, but he hadn't said anything all the way up to. So I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go to this ball. I'm going to go to, and I'm like, did you forget that you invited me to the ball? And he was like, oh, well, I didn't really think that you was going to go. Why wouldn't I go if I said I was going to go? You told me what I had to wear the whole nine. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, um, well, I'm, I'm just going to go up here. I said, OK, well, I'll call you when I get back. Don't bother. And he was like, no, I'm going to call you. No, don't bother. So I didn't talk to him. Then he calls me back again. Oh, um, you know, I want to take you here. And consistent, didn't want to do it. He was like, well, why? I said, because I need somebody who is consistent and who keeps his word. And you do neither. And he was like, oh, you just you just really going to say that? I said, well, it's the truth. And you need to know the truth. I don't know who you've been dealing with, but this is not OK with me. I said, there have been several times where you have broken your commitments and um, I'm not your backup plan. Like, I don't know who you've been dealing with, but you got the wrong one, you know. And so he was like, um, oh, so he k- continues to call. All the time, you know, one day you're going to give me that second. No, I'm not. And one day I remember calling. I said, look, are you seeing somebody? Because this is not the behavior of someone who wants to be with somebody. And he was just like, well, no, no, no. You know, I just got a lot of things going on. But the more I got to know him, and this is over two years span, I realized that he really was emotionally unavailable. He didn't want to have any sort of intimate uh, connection with anybody. Um, You know, it wasn't that he was too busy because he made room and time for the things that he thought was important. You know, he can go and help his, his, his buddy or something like that, but he couldn't keep a plan with me. I really believe that it was because he just wasn't ready for that type of commitment or that kind of wasn't a mo. He didn't want to get close to him. Anytime I would talk about him, it was nothing. He would talk about his family and everything else, but nothing about him, his relationships, anything. And so, um, you know, I just that those those key things for me that that led me to say, I'm not going to waste my time anymore because he's not ready for what I'm ready for. You know, very nice looking guy, very nice guy. Uh, the ones that you want to say, OK, this is the type of person that I could, you know, settle down with. But he wasn't ready. There was nothing that I could do to make him ready because he emotionally was not there, was not ready to be vulnerable to any person, let alone me. And so, and I also want to tell you, uh, say this too, 
that a lot of people, you know, they'll always be like, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. Or some people be like, well, you know, I'm really an introvert. It takes a lot for me to get out. There's a stark difference between an introvert and a person who's un uh, uh, emotionally unavailable. An introvert really is like um, you get your energy from being alone. That's when you recharge your batteries. That's when, you know, you, you kind of come alive so that you can go out and face the world or do whatever you have to do. Emotionally unavailable people, they may be out there. They may be extrovert. They may be doing all the things, but any sort of attachment to a person that renders them somewhat vulnerable or open, or they have to be, uh, have some sort of emotional depth to them, they run away from. And so they make excuses about why they can't be there when in actuality they can. They might be out doing something with their boys or their girls or something like that. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's a difference. It's not just about being um, an introvert or an extrovert. It's whether you want someone in your, to be, uh, you wanna allow yourself to be open with somebody or not. So I know my mother just uh, put up a thing. How does emotionally unavailability, emotional unavailability look in women? And I really think that it's um, it's about the same because I can think of myself. Um, there was a time when I was emotionally unavailable. Uh, again, it was, you know, after a relationship, breakup in a relationship. And I didn't really want to put myself out there. It was like, I felt like it was time for me to date. But every time I got the opportunity, <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, I'm tired today. I had a long day at work. Or, you know, oh, I got to I gotta keep the, my daughter needs me. Um, you know, she has these things going on and I got to be there for her. And I was really thinking about it now, I was not ready emotionally um, to allow another person in. And so I made a lot of excuses. Um, I made myself very busy. Uh, so I would, I would take on busy work so that I had no time to have those close connections with anybody, not just in a relationship, but even in friendship. So I've had spaces in my life where um, I was pretty much alone. And it was just because I didn't have the emotional capacity. I was too busy trying to take care of my own emotions. And I was too busy spending my energy trying to make sure that I was okay, that I didn't have enough to give anyone else. And so anytime someone tried to get close to me, I would make excuses as to why I couldn't do that. A lot of times it was my, my daughter or my kids. Um, a lot of times I blamed it on work or I had to, um, you know, do something else. I had another commitment. I, I would volunteer a lot. And I tell you, my friend, he used to always say every time I would immerse myself in stuff is what, is, what I uh, say. He would always be like, Camille, what's going on in your life? And I'm like, oh, I'm good. He goes, uh-uh. Because every time, you know, you got a, a lot going on, you immerse yourself in stuff. And it was usually around the time when someone was trying to get close to me or something like that. I would render myself so busy that I had no extra time to do anything with anybody else. So um, for you women out there who uh, maybe have gone through it or know somebody who has, uh, what is that? What does that look like for you? What does that look like for you? 
it is attachment issues. Absolutely. You don't want to be vulnerable to anybody. You don't want them to get that close to you where they can, you know, hurt you. Really? I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. You don't want to get hurt. And so you block anybody who gets close to you enough that you feel they can hurt you or they can disappoint you, or they can let you down, or, you know, all those things. If it's something that stems from, you know, your childhood, neglect and all that kind of stuff, you start distancing yourself from people, you know, not letting them in because you don't want them to take you back there. And sometimes, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, we do it to the people who will probably best be best for us, but we are very, very, um, you know, we just don't want people to come in. Those people, we can't really, it's hard to differentiate a person who's, you know, worthy of your trust and who's going to to uh, safeguard your feelings and, and your emotions with the person who's just going to hurt you. So, um, yeah, that's one of those things. Are you being defensive of your feelings? Um, can you elaborate on that a little bit, just a little bit for me? So actually, we'll come right back to that because right now we are going to go to our sponsor. Integrity Consulting and Professional Services, LLC, is a minority, female-owned, nonprofit management consulting agency located in Humble, Texas, north of Houston. The owner, Jackie Dozier, has over 36 years of nonprofit and for-profit business management experience. She can take your idea from thought to manifestation while offering a myriad of services to help you successfully manage your business along the way. Her services include state filing anywhere in the United States, getting your employee identification number and 501c3 tax determination, providing cooperative and service agreements and mandatory documents, one-on-one -on -one grant writing training and consultation, board and staff development, and more. Ms. Dozier's clients include the U.S. Departments of Health and Human Services, the Administration of Children and Youth, U.S. and Caddo Parish, Louisiana Departments of Education, and the list goes on. References are available. Check her out on our Facebook page, Integrity Consulting and Professional Services, LLC and contact her by email at integrityconsultingpsllc at gmail.com. Rates are competitive. Say you heard about her on Sanity Check for a 5% discount. ICPS, providing all of your small business and grant writing needs with integrity and professionalism. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us here on Sanity Check. I'm Camille. I am a co-host. Um, my co-host Seth is out today, but I just want to say thank you guys for joining us. If you are uh, enjoying what you're hearing, please share. Please share this, um, this uh, page with your folks. Share this segment with uh, all of your friends and family. You know, Thank you so much for being here. And if you would like to have your, your business sponsored on this page, please reach out to us. Um, we would love to have you on here and um, the beautiful video for integrity consulting um, everything is done with professional 
them and we will do the same for you. So if you want to um, become a sponsor, please reach out to Seth or myself and uh, we'll happy to help you be happy to help you through that process. So um, back to Yolanda. So we were talking about emotionally unavailable people. And those are the people who just don't want, there's no depth to their feelings. They don't want anyone to get close to them. So they may be very evasive. They may be very, um, you know, standoffish. They may have outbursts of anger, of frustration. Um, you never really get a sense of who they are because every time you know you ask questions, try to communicate about who they are, um, they may tend to turn it on you. Um, and so we're just talking about some different ways to identify emotionally unavailable people. Um, and so again, um, you know, we're going back to Yolanda. And she was asking, um, are you being defensive of your feelings because you're not wanting to be hurt again? So you defend your feelings by not being in any significant relationship or attachment. And that is what happens a lot of the time. Um, people will just, like I said, those people that are serially single, you know, or they have very short uh, relationships. They don't have any relationships of depth. You know, they're 30, 40, 50 years old and have never had a a, a real um, relationship, any lengthy relationship, because they shy away from letting anybody get close to them. Um, and that, that happens in so many different ways. And Jackie says here, after 27 years of being sing single, three broken marriage engagements, I finally quit running and decided to allow myself to heal these past two years. I'm happy to say I put myself back on the market for, <laughs> for marriage. <laughs> that means I'd have another stepfather. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. No, no, no. I want my mom to be happy. She's a wonderful person and deserving of love. And I think that it's about time. All of her kids are grown, you know, and we're all out the house and have our own children. So it's time for her to be able to spend her life with someone who loves her. So um, good luck with that, mom. Praying for you in that. So anyway, so we're going to talk about um, other ways to 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 recognize or identify people who may be emotionally uh, unavailable for you. And so, uh, yeah, whoa now. <laughs> yes. But um, so anyway, um, another thing is, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a relationship, and I have, um, where people be like, they don't want to put a, a definition to it. You know, they always say, you know, we're not going to label this relationship. You start putting labels on it, then, you know, I'm saying it goes sour. No, it doesn't go sour because of a relationship. I mean, because of a label. A label is just a label. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's what you do in that relationship that makes it go sour. But a lot of emotionally distant people or unavailable people, um, they don't want that. That label is an attachment. That means that there's something more than just we're casually dating, you know, or those people to say, oh, I don't want no pictures posted of us or anything like that. You know, I don't want people in my business. Well, a lot of times it's because, again, uh, that means that there's some sort of attachment with another person. And you have to be wary of those people uh, because they're telling you right there what they want. You know, I just want to casually date you. I don't want to be exclusive. I don't want to, you know, I want to see other people. I want to just, you know, have my my space and my time. And that's well and good. But where it goes wrong is when that's not communicated um, properly 
and you get involved with a person who really, really likes you and is trying to form an emotional attachment with you. And you just say, okay, you know, we can do all the things. They're introducing you to their friends and their family. You guys are going out on dates, you know, hanging out, staying over, whatever you guys are doing, like you're a real couple, but I can't label it. You know, after six, seven months, well, what are we? And then you start asking those questions. What are we? Well, are we just dating? I mean, is this exclusive? If, well, you know, I don't want to really, you know, say that we're exclusive because, you know, I might want to date or you might want to date. And that's okay. You can go out. When you deal with people like those, <laughs> those people that say things like that, they're probably emotionally unavailable for you, which means that it's going to be near to impossible for you in that state. Uh, to form a lasting relationship with that person. So you're probably just wasting your time, to be honest. You know, and, and I've been in those types and it's like, well, I, I don't want to say this. No, it, it's almost like when people say um, Facebook rate ruins, ruins relationships or marriages. <laughs> no, Facebook didn't do it. <laughs> it was all of them comments and likes and hearts and them, them DMs that you were sending that did it that your, your partner found out about. Um, so it's, it's the same thing with that. It's not the label itself. It's the fact that you don't want to be in a relationship. So you should be honest with that person about it. You should be honest and just say, look, I'm not emotionally available. I just want to have somebody that I can go out on a date with, have fun with, and then we out. You know, you go your separate way, I go my separate <laughs> separate way, and then we just, you know, go from there. But people don't do that. They're not honest about that. And so it's hard for them, you know, the other person especially, uh, to have those relationships. So, you know, it, it's the moment you try to build anything with that person that they just say, uh-uh. And here's another thing, too. Sometimes people are emotionally unavailable because they're still making themselves emotionally available to someone else. They still have that, um, you know, Jim Bob is going to come back into the picture. Eventually. And so I won't say they're lonely, but they want to have, you know, interaction from, say, the opposite sex or whoever it is they like. But emotionally, they're still connected to someone else. And sometimes you'll hear that if they a lot about their, right, they keep bringing up this person and how they used to do X, Y, and Z. Um, they may still want to be there. That's just the truth of the matter. You know, sometimes they are making themselves emotionally available to someone else, which means they are emotionally unavailable to you. And I know we've probably dealt with people who are like, well, dang, you know, this person at the drop of a dime, you know, you'll go do X, Y, and Z. But if I ask you anything, it's like, oh, I, you know, I don't have time for that. I don't have this and this and that. And you're like, okay, so what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? In the big scheme of things, what are we really doing? You know, um, again, they always talk about these feelings and, and it might go back to, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. If they're telling you that, believe them, okay? Believe them, believe them, believe them. Another one of the signs is they're not affectionate or maybe not consistently affectionate. Maybe occasionally, you know, you'll get the kiss or the hug or something like that, but 
typically if their emotions are not in it, they're emotionally unavailable, uh, that translates into your intimacy as well. Um, you know, it may end up, I don't know, feeling like maybe a brother or sister relationship. And it does, doesn't mean that sex is is the only thing to intimacy, not saying that, but we all know the intimacy is touch, is kisses, is compliments, and it's sex, all of that wrapped up. But if that is like really, really like vanilla, you feel more like this is a roommate rather than a partner or a, uh, you know, we're like, oh, homies type thing. They might be emotionally unavailable to you. Um, so you have to pay attention to those things. And some people, you know, they're not really uh, affectionate people, but we're social beings, right? <laughs> so we we thrive on human interaction, on touch. It makes us feel a certain way. And when a person is just okay with not having that all the time, there's probably some deeper issues that you have to, to really, really, really um, pay attention to, you know? And another one of those things is is, is space, you know? I know. I, <laughs> why do we stay with people who show us all the reasons why they don't want to be with us? Um, I think that it has to do a lot with our own um, self-image, what we feel we deserve, um, our self-worth. Because if it's in the in the tanks, then we'll accept whatever. Because it's kind of like that. They're saying like you know, a little bit of something is better than nothing at all. That's not really true. I mean, <laughs> you're selling yourself really short when you say that, right? You know, we just want to be connected to someone. So we'll take the bottom of the barrel just to say we have something. Um, and a lot of times it's because maybe we don't feel like we deserve anything more. Maybe we've done some things in our life that we're not proud of. Maybe we've, you know, hurt some people in the past. So we feel like this is our karma. But no, nobody has to to, to live like that. You can make the choice to just say, you know what, I'm taking my energies elsewhere to someone who will reciprocate that thing that I'm giving to them as well. You know, so they show us all the reasons, all the red flags. But if we don't feel like we're deserving of more, uh, we don't, you know, a lot of people, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, they hurt their feelings all the time. You ain't saying nothing about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> when they don't show up on time, they don't honor their commitments. They don't uh, give to you. They keep telling you they want this relationship to be a secret. They hurt your feelings. It's best just to be honest, be hurt for a second, walk away and find someone who is willing to give you that which you deserve, period. I know it's easier said than done, but like my mom used to always say, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And I'm not talking about the people that, you know, the unemotional, they just cut people off, you know, at the drop of a dime for no reason. But if you're being neglected in your relationship, whether that's uh, physically or emotionally or mentally or whatever, then it's probably better for you to walk away because all of the time that you're wasting there within an emotionally unavailable person, you could be giving that energy to somebody who's invested in you who is reciprocating those things, who wants to see you win, who is encouraging you, who is giving you those compliments, who's, you know, stroking your, your ego, so to speak, and who's doing all the things that you require, um, you know, for your well-being. But I don't know. We stay a lot. We stay a lot. So, and another thing is, you know, those people that want space, 
unreasonable space. Let me say that, unreasonable space. Because sometimes I like my space. I need my space, my quiet. That's where I think because I am an introvert. So I need that time to myself um, that it's not a lot of stuff going on because that's when I'm the most creative. That's when my mind just goes and I'm able to really uh, do the things that that I, I need to and want to do. When it's a lot of noise or a lot of things around me, I have too many distractions and I really can't focus the way that I need to. Some people can focus in chaos, you know, all, all to them. But when it's unreasonable space, every time you come around, you know, or they make excuses and they'll be like, you know, oh, I need my space to do this and this and that. And you go, okay, well, when is a good time? Never a good time to come in. You know, there's never a good time to spend time with you because they always need <laughs> their space. You know, it's like, okay, so why am I here? You know, what do you want me for? Is it just for, you know, the physical contact or something like that? Um, or is it really, really because you really need space? And a lot of people will pull back, you know, and that's that's the way of saying that when they feel like somebody's getting too close to them and they're not ready for that level of intimacy, they will pull back. And then sometimes it could turn into a fight because it's a control. It's a control thing. You know, they're fighting for control of their, their, their feelings, of their emotions. They're fighting to keep them away from that other person. And the other person is like, what? You know, and that's those angry bird outbursts, you know, that, I need my space. Why? Well, I need to spend time with you. Why? Well, I need my space to do this and this and that. Because during that intimate time, maybe, or that time when you guys are together, that person may feel a little bit vulnerable. And that's a, that's a, you know, kind of uncomfortable. You want people to respect your, your feelings, your space, but then you got to think, you know, to yourself is, is this reasonable? Am I asking something of this person that, you know, is unreasonable? All of those things. And so I just, you know, it's, I remember, you know, in, in, in my marriage to one of them, um, I always felt like I was walking on eggshells. There was nothing that I could do. I was so busy trying to balance, you know, being the perfect wife and, and doing the things I needed to do to take care of the household and taking care of the children and taking care of my husband's needs and giving him the space that he said that he wanted and, um, you know, being mindful of the fact that he didn't want to talk about this. And, and so, so many things were going on and I was trying to balance all of these things and it drove me crazy. I felt like I was walking on eggshells all the time. Like I was on edge all the time, which in turn, the house was on edge all the time. And it wasn't until after I got out of that relationship that I realized it was because um, he was emotionally unavailable, didn't want me to get close to him. So nothing was ever good enough. It was always a fight, always a struggle, um, because any time I broached upon any level of closeness with him, um, he would lash out. And I didn't get it at the time. And I'm like, here I am in this marriage, you know, what's mine is ours, but this was, and it was always this, this struggle, this fight. And he just was not ready to open up emotionally, but I didn't know that. And I spent a lot of years, you know, doing this, this crazy dance and fight thing. And we never grew closer. We grew so far apart. 
there was never any real intimacy anymore. It was like the longer we spent together, the further apart we were. And I was so confused. And I'm like, you know, after 10 years of being together, then we should have some level of something. And um, there was nothing, now that I think about it, there was nothing I could do because like my mom said earlier, he had to heal himself. He had to, to, to make the choice to deal with his unresolved issues. A lot of them that are uh, stemming from, from childhood, you know, that I had no idea about because I mean, he wouldn't open up to me. And this is so true. And I talked about before, Carla, when I about lost myself. And I had, a, I think I, it was maybe one of the poems I wrote or read or something, that I almost lost myself trying to be everything for this man who wasn't trying to be anything for me. And, you know, you're, you're morphing into, okay, well, he wanted this this day, so I'm going to do this. And the next day, it ain't what he wanted. And so I'm going to do this. And the next day is this. And then I'm trying to be this person for my kids, trying to be this person for work. I'm trying to be a basketball mom. I'm trying to be a, a soccer mom. I'm trying to do all of these things. And I completely lost who I was. Like, it was never about Camille's needs. It was about everybody else's needs. And I'm morphing into all of these different roles so much so that I didn't even recognize myself anymore. And every time I think about that, it kind of, you know, brings, evokes some emotions because I was so far, like, like I said, there was a, you know, a shell of me that walked like me and talked like me, but I was nowhere to be found. In the inside, I was just completely like, I didn't know what was coming and going, you know, one thing to the next. I was like, oh, my goodness. And so, um, you know, I think about that just because it took me so much to find who I was again. Um, and that's a that's a hard place to be. Um, I know a lot of people have probably been there and done that. And then you you really try to figure out, you know, was it me? Was it not? You know, and then when you realize that it was not you, then there's some relief, but it's like, man, you know, I've given all of this to this person who gave nothing back to me and I lost it. And that person has walked away and, you know, goes on with life and you're left kind of feeling, but that's why we're talking about this, right? Sanity check. So that we can help you guys identify some of the, uh, the signs so that we don't, get in these relationships again, or, or very, very early, we can identify them and um, we can make the choice to walk away, knowing that this person is no longer emotionally or not emotionally available to me. And so I would be wasting my time if I engage in any sort of relationship other than a friendship. If you're okay with that, there's some people that are like that, you know, and two un emotionally unavailable people or somebody who just wants to casually date at the time, then that may be a perfect union, you know, but for the other people who are looking for relationships or when they get with this person, they have an expectation of a relationship growing, then, you know, they can say, okay, these are the signs. This person is not ready for what I'm trying to do. They're not on the same page, not on the same uh, wavelength or anything like that. And I don't have to deal with that. You know what I mean? Um, we're not going to grow closer. We're not going to get past this. We're just going to see each other, text every now and then. Hey, I'm bored. I want to go bowling. And that's about it. And we got to be okay with that. So, um, you know, 
it's just one of those one of those things. But I also want to talk about, um, you know, I think my allergies are bothering me too, y'all, for real, for real. Um, but talk about other people. We talked about other people, but what about us? You know, how do you know or how do you recognize if you're the person who is the emotionally distant one? You know, are you in a relationship? that you're not happy. It kind of goes back to, you know, what my mom was saying. You know, we stay in these relationships, but are you in a relationship where you're not happy or you don't get excited about spending time with that person? You know, it feels more like an obligation rather than something that you really desire. Like I'm excited about this relationship. It feels more like an obligation. You know, are you like withholding your feelings, your intimate feelings? You don't want to talk about hopes and dreams. Are you the one that's like, you know what? Uh, it don't really matter. It's all good. You know, I mean, I mean, I dream, but, you know, it ain't really that, you know, that deep. It's not really, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. I don't really want to talk about it. Are you the person who doesn't want to talk about your family dynamic? You know, I said my friend now, he's um. To look, but you see is what you get. You know, you might get a little crazy here and there. This is my, he was like, oh, there was no honeymoon at all. I'm like, look, this is what it is. <laughs> this is what it is. And so, you know, being able to talk about the good, the bad in the family, it's, it, it, it's nice. But there are times when you don't feel like that. And I've been in relationships where I didn't want to because it wasn't important because to me, it was no point because the relationship wasn't going anywhere, you know, and this person was trying to get to know me. And I was just like, I'm not that into it. It was one of those things that kind of um, takes up time, space, I guess. And um, so I eventually had to communicate that, that I'm not looking for anything deeper you know, I just really want somebody to just have fun with. I'm at a point where I've had a lot of things going on in my life and I just want to spend time. I just want to have fun, you know, like a, like a friend rather than a relationship. And so he was like, OK. And so once that was communicated, you know, we would go out and have fun, go to the movies, go bowling, go, you know, hop, whatever. We did a whole bunch of crazy stuff. But it was fun. And I gained a friend, which I still have, um, rather than trying to create a relationship when I knew I was not emotionally ready. I just wasn't there. I didn't want to talk about nothing serious, nothing heavy, nothing in depth. I didn't want to talk about my feelings. I just wanted to go and have fun. Let's go and, and jump off these cliffs. You know what I mean? Let's go and hike up these hills and mountains and, you know, do all of these crazy things, left, right, left, right turns and take pictures and, and run away because we ain't supposed to be in this. That's what I wanted to do just to get my mind off of everything. And it was once I, I really communicated that to him that, um, <laughs> social way friends. <laughs> yes, <laughs> social way friends. But when I communicated to th that to him, you know, it was no hard feelings because it was like, oh, I was wondering why you never wanted to talk about this or why I can never get a straight answer. But, you know, sometimes we do that. You know, if there's any sort of depth to their question that you have to answer, eh, we shy away from. It might be because we're emotionally unavailable. You know, another thing is if you're overall distrustful of people. Um, I know I always said I got trust issues. I got trust issues. Me and Seth laugh about it all the time. I got trust issues. I'm getting over that. Um, but if you're overall, you know, distrustful of people, 
it's very, very hard to be uh, trusting in a relationship. And you're probably uh, emotionally unavailable because when you don't trust people, you tend to push them away. You don't open up to them. Uh, you, there's no emotional intimacy because you're always looking for them to hurt you. You're Instead of just enjoying the time, you're looking like, is this really going to last? Is this person going to do this to me? Um, are they really serious about what they do? Oh, I don't trust what they say. You're always looking for the negative. And trust me, if you look, you will find it. Like they said that, uh, what is it? The um, Native American proverb, there's a wolf on each shoulder. Whichever one you feed is the one that wins. It's the same thing. When you're distrustful of people, it's very, very hard to form intimate bonds and relationships with them because you're always looking for how they're going to hurt you like the last person. And how many times y'all, real talk, how many times have we heard people go, we like, I'm not your last boyfriend or I'm not your last girlfriend. I don't know who hurt you but it wasn't me. Like, you're not about to take this out on me because I haven't done anything to you. How many times have we heard that or how many times have we said that? And it's typically because it's probably you're dealing with an emotionally unavailable person who is projecting all of those fears on you. So there's that barrier between you guys from being able to form those very intimate bonds. Very intimate bonds. I, I, I don't know who you was dealing with before, but it wasn't me. And, and you're not going to talk to me crazy like that. Or you're not going to do that to me. Um, and so I've, I've caught myself several times saying that. And then I go, oh, maybe this isn't the person, you know, because here I am. And there's something that's, that's you know, making these feelings of distrust arise again or whatever. Or they're distrustful of me uh, for something that I hadn't done. Um, maybe it's time to find someone else who who doesn't invoke or evoke those feelings in me. You know what I mean? So that's another way that you can kind of tell if you yourself may be emotionally unavailable. And then there's another one. You know, you still want to date other people. <laughs> you the person who doesn't want to put the uh, labels on a relationship. You know, the thought of being with one person, it just kind of gives you like anxiety. Like, like I got to be with one person for the rest of my life. Uh, yeah, you're probably not ready for a relationship. There's some things that you probably have to uh, resolve within yourself before you move on to the next person. You know what I mean? And it, it's okay if you want to date other people, but you have to communicate that. You have to let that other person know so that they're not continually, you know, investing all of their time and energy in a dead-end relationship. That's courtesy. It's hard to do sometimes, but, you know, sometimes we'll be in a relationship and we find ourselves, you know, like, dang, I wonder what it would be like. I wonder, you know, if I was with, yeah, probably emotionally, again, unavailable to whomever it is that you have connected with. So we have to not only point the finger at other people, but we got to look at ourselves. And I talked about, you know, before with the other people, but are you still emotionally attached to someone else? And a lot of times when we have these relationships and we're hurt and everything like that, uh, we don't want to admit that 
those feelings linger for a long time, especially, you know, you're in a marriage, you don't get in a marriage to get divorced. And so sometimes it takes a lot of undoing, not just a couple of months. People like, oh, you, you've been divorced three, four months. It's time for you to get out there. No, <laughs> that takes a lot of undoing, especially if you've been married for a long time. You know, you're used to doing certain things. So anytime you start doing something that y'all used to do, it may it, invoke another feeling in you that you were not ready for. And you're like, man, am I really? Or if you did something with somebody uh, new that you used to do with somebody else and you were like, man, it would be much funner if I did it with this person, you know, you might not be ready. And then sometimes when you attach yourself with someone when you're not ready, you tend to think about other people or other relationships that may have been better or something like that, or maybe at a time when you were emotionally available, um, you start thinking about that stuff a lot. And you're like, man. And then you're reminiscing about the past relationship. You know, you're thinking about all the fun y'all used to have. And that's dangerous, y'all. Let me tell y'all, that's dangerous because y'all ain't together for a reason, right? <laughs> You're not together for a reason, but sometimes when we're, you know, trying to move on and stuff like that, we forget about all of the issues that we had and we're doing these things with other people and it was like, oh yeah, we used to have fun, but you forgot about all the other things that you had to deal with. Don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in it. Okay. <laughs> Always remind yourself why y'all not together again. So you don't go back, you know, those flags that were boom, 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 and you finally heat it, and then you're going to put them to the side. No, don't do it. Don't do it. But if you find yourself thinking about things like that, then you could be emotionally unavailable, you know? And then here's another one too. Sometimes we seek people who are not available to us. We seek people who are emotionally unavailable or even physically unavailable. You know, people don't want to talk about this and I don't condone it, but let me just say this. A lot of people say, and I've heard it and I watch uh, television shows and everything like that. When a person is emotionally unavailable, but they want something, they will go out and seek somebody. Say if it was a married person, you know, then I know I can't form any sort of real attachment because I don't want to leave my, my current situation. So I'll go out and seek somebody else who has as much to lose as I do, who is physically unavailable and emotionally unavailable, but we can get together at a certain time. Again, I don't condone it. I'm just talking about what happens. Okay. Um, people do that, or they find another person who's as elusive as they are. And they'll be like, you know what? We can only meet on this day at this time for this. You, you can't come in my house. You know, I remember there was a time where I was dating. You cannot pass the, the threshold of my door. You cannot. Um, I'll drive my car and I'll meet wherever we are. We go. Um, you can't call me after 10 o'clock at night. I'm not staying anywhere else at, because I was totally unavailable, y'all. <laughs> but I just wanted to get out a little bit. Um, but people will seek other people like that so they don't have to form any sorts of attachments. They don't have to be vulnerable in any type of way. They don't have to um, you know, open up their feelings because that other person really don't want to hear it either. They just want to get out and have some fun. So people will seek out people who are not available to them whatsoever, whatsoever. 
And you may think back to a time when that happened to you. You know, you say, ah, this casual dating or serial dating or serial boyfriends or whatever you want to call it. Um, but when you really peel back the, the the layers of the onion, were you really in a position that you could be emotionally available to someone? Were there times when you really just could not open up and didn't want to? And maybe you wanted the fun to drown out all, all of the noise. You know, were there times when you push back on people, push back on people, push back on people um, the moment they tried to get close to you? Doesn't have to necessarily be in an intimate relationship. It also happens in friendships. It also happens in families, you know, where the people you like, I don't know what's wrong with them. You know, every time I try to talk about them, asking what they're doing, they going off and going all this and see you like, man, you know, a lot of times, even growing up in the same household, we have different experiences. So we don't really know the depth of what that person has gone through or, you know, the times when they were away. And so they can become very emotionally distant very combative, very argumentative, very have these angry outbursts and things like that because they don't want anybody get to get close to them because then they think that they would be found out. That the things that hurt them, you know, may seem like weaknesses to other people. And so they become very, very uh, withdrawn from the family, very withdrawn from the people around them. So it's not just, again, um, intimate relationships. It could be friendships and it could be family as well. So those are some of the things, you know, that we, we have to think about um, when we're talking about emotional availability. You know, um, who is it that you're really calling and sharing your intimate details with? Is it your partner or is it someone else? If it's your best girlfriend and that's the only person, you may be unemotion emotionally unavailable to anyone else to have any sort of intimate relationship. Something to think about, you know, do you rather text a person rather than having a face to face conversation with them? There are some people that, you know, they say, oh, well, it was emotional cheating. You know, people will talk to somebody. They will text them. They will, uh, you know on the, the internet or whatever the case may be. And they have these whole relationships uh, with a person that they know that they'll never meet, that they'll never see, <laughs> that will never have to, to get a glimpse into their real life. Uh, they feel like they can be honest with this person because it's a total stranger. You know, they can change their page or cut it off or whatever the case may be. Um, but that's devastating to the person that you're actually in relationship with because it's like, why don't you want me to be a part of that? And sometimes it's because you feel, or I'm just saying you in general, that they have the ability to hurt you. There's a vulnerability with this person here that you live with every single day um, that they could get in in a way that nobody else can. You know, communication via text, you can change your phone number if you want to. It's easy, right? You just cut them off, block, <laughs> social media, block. You know, they don't even have to know nowadays. <laughs> They'll go to try to find you and they'd be like, oh, well, dang, I guess we're not friends no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so um, if you find yourself in that type of relationship or on the other side of it, then maybe that person is not ready. You know what I mean? Is not ready. But if a person is committed, you know, like you'll, you'll know that. You'll be able to feel that. They're going to open up to you. 
They're going to, you know, allow you in their space. They're going to allow you into not just their, their physical space, but their mental space and their emotional space. And they're going to tell you their hopes and their dreams and their biggest fears and, you know, the shortfalls and all that stuff. You guys are going to be able to have um, that deep conversation. And when we're talking about emotional unavailability, it really is the lack of depth of emotion. That's what it basically boils down to. There is no depth of emotional, you know, and is it bad? Ah, can be, but it's not necessarily bad to be emotionally unavailable. Um, I'll say this, that hopefully, you know, you guys are getting some, some good stuff from this, you know what I mean? Um, that you can, you can kind of see the telltale signs and stuff like that, but if you take all of this information and you start applying it to yourself and you start applying it to the people that you're you're surrounding yourselves with or the people that you're in relationship with, um, this is a perfect opportunity for one, for you to confront whatever issues that you have going on um, that may, uh, you know, be taking taking you there that may keep you from having these emotional connections. Um, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for you to seek out someone. Thank you so much to help you to heal, whether that's a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever it is, um, to find those pain points in your life that you can say, okay, I've had enough. It's been so long since I've been able to connect with anybody on an emotional level, I need to look at myself. It can't be everybody else. You know, I'm 40, 50, 60 years old, and I've never had a relationship uh, longer than a couple of months. What is it that I'm dealing with? And, and how does that, you know, that, that will give you a glimpse into what type of help you need or healing that you need. And also, this is a perfect time for personal growth personal growth. Now that you know better, they say you do better. So you seek those ways to help you grow in those areas. You know, like I said, it could start with counseling. It could start with journaling. It could start with just speaking whatever it is that happened to you that kept you or talking about that relationship that put that fear of, you know, intimacy. And I'm not talking about physical intimacy only. I'm talking about emotional, mental intimacy uh, with other people in you. Talking that thing out so that you can overcome the hurdles that are in your way that will allow you to grow. You know, we were not put on this earth to be, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, what's the word, solitude. You know, we're social beings. We need the the love and support and encouragement of other people. We need people who are close to us, you know, that can can see areas um, of potential for us. But if we keep putting people out, we're really limiting ourselves as well because we need a thirsty view of who we are. We need people to give us feedback. But if we never open up and tell them the truth about who we are, how we're feeling, what we want in life, then we're blocking their opportunity or their chance to give us the feedback that we need to take us to the uh, the next level. So it really is an opportunity for all around growth in your life. 
and to stop feeling when we carry these things, you know, and I'm, I'm talking personal experience now, but when we carry these things and there's that, uh, we talked about, you know, being free from shame and guilt, but when we hide these things and we try to close ourselves off to the world, um, there is so much guilt and shame associated with it. And there is a heaviness that you feel, you know, and you're looking at other people. <clears throat> and what I found is even unemotionally uh, or emotionally unavailable people still desire to have healthy relationships. So what it also can cause is for you to go and you're looking at other people and going, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I have that? Like, you know, they seem so happy. And of course, y'all, we know we don't always know what goes on in the background. <laughs> you know, we see what's, what people give us, what they present. But there are some genuinely happy people out there, people that have been married 40, 50, 60, 80 years. Believe it or not, 80 years. I saw a couple that's been married 80 years. Wow. Right. Um, but you're looking at them going, you know, I really desire that. But because of all of the things, that fear of attachment, that fear of vulnerability, that fear of being hurt, that, that fear of, you know, rejection, you know, taking root in us, um, it's like almost like there's no way that that can be me. And you're looking at it and then you're like, but I want that, but you don't know how to get it. So, and you don't even know what's wrong or where to start. So as I'm saying all this, this is a perfect way um, to, to really kind of um, to uh, identify some of those pain points and some of those areas that you can grow in and that you can work on that will help you. So, you know, I'm just going to go through a quick recap, though. And thank you so much, Chelsea. I appreciate you being on here and uh, love this comment. Um, yes. So, you know, we're talking about today emotionally unavailable people and some of the telltale signs. What that is, emotionally unavailable people are people, again, who have no emotional depth. They have a lack of emotional depth. Some of it may stem from childhood, some traumas and things like that, um, closely associated with the avoidant attachment um, uh, style, which means that somewhere along the line, maybe their caregivers or their parents uh, may have been neglectful or didn't give them the things that they needed. And so they became very distrusting of adults in their lives. And so they learned to be very independent. You know, those people, I don't need anybody. They, they're self-sufficient, very independent, have been from a very, very young age. But young people grow up and they turn into adults and it translates into their adult lives. And they bring all of that with them. You know, and then they start to exhibit those same things in relationships, you know, where they don't want to to be close to anyone. They will not talk about anything of substance to them, their hopes, their fears, their dreams, their their downfalls. They don't want to talk about the intimate details of their families or maybe even past relationships, you know, how they worked out. Emotionally un uh, unavailable people often don't have long-term relationships. They're uh, serial daters and they've only dated, you know, a couple months here, a couple months there, a couple months or whatever the case may be. Um, they want to keep you at arm's length. They don't honor commitments. You know, some of those people that they always stand up people, you know what I mean? They say, oh, I want to do this. They'll make plans. But when the day comes, they don't show up. They don't keep their word. You know, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do. But then when it's time for them to show, 
it doesn't manifest. You know, people who just cannot, they, they get very, very testy. They don't want to get physically connected with people. You know, they often cut people off at the drop of a dime and say, oh, they're too clingy, too, too uh, emotional. You know, they just want too much of my time, too much of my space. I just need my own space, not to be confused with being an introvert or just needing some space, but being excessive with the space that you need, meaning like, I won't hear from you or call get a call from you in weeks because if I don't reach out, you won't either, you know, or you can never fit me in like you do everyone else, then that's a problem. And you may be dealing with some emotionally unavailable people. So, and then we have to look at ourselves too and say, is it me that I'm talking about? Am I emotionally unavailable? And how is that affecting the people that I'm dealing with in my life? You know, if the shoe was on the other foot, how would I feel if I always stood up somebody and there was no communication? Like we said, communication is key. Um, you have to talk about communication. Um, talk about the things that are really going on with you so people know where they are. You know, I would hate to be in a, in a relationship that I thought was a relationship for two years come to find out that you just wanted to casually date me. I mean... No. <laughs> and some people string you along because they want that person that they can just kind of release, you know, with or go go out on a date every now and then. But they don't really want any real relationship with you. And if you find yourself questioning, you probably it's probably not really a relationship, you know, probably not really a relationship. And so <laughs> I see this. What about catfishing? I'm not into the catfishing. <laughs> Some of you guys may have seen uh, the show Catfish where people get on the uh, show or they um, have these, usually starts off as text or internet something, relationships with these people pretending that they're someone else. And then they, um, you know, people like kind of get suspicions and stuff. And then they go and try to find out and come to find out they're most of the time, not who they said that they are, you know, and people were ruining relationships over catfish. And I've seen so many that were in a relationship, but fell in love with somebody that they didn't even know, had never seen, come to find out it's somebody that they would never, ever, ever even talk about or talk to in the first place. You know, never had anything or friends who were trying to get back at them for something. Um, if you're in a relationship, I think that the best thing to, to do is be honest before you move on with somebody else, you know, or I like to meet people up front or at least see a video up front. So I know if I'm being catfished or not, you know, some people ain't into that. I don't know. Some people like surprises. I'm not into those kind of surprises. <laughs> not about to do that to me, but, um, you know, it's a thing though. It is a thing. Um, but, those people too are probably emotionally unavailable or they have a sense of a self that is not very positive, which causes them to try to be someone they're not instead of just being who they are and attracting the people that they want or who, who want to be in their lives. Because I don't care what you look like, what your stand, there's always going to be somebody who wants you or who wants to be in your space, or who is attracted to your personality, or your gifts, or your talents, or whatever the case may be, if you are just yourself. When you're your authentic self, you will attract the people who are supposed to be in your life, period, period. But when we're talking about emotional unavailability, um, you have to know when you're emotionally unavailable. 
And you could tell people that too. You know, I, I dated at a time and I said, I just want to date. I'm not trying to have any sort of relationship. You know what I mean? I just want to go out on a date and I just want to have fun. And that person was very receptive to that and was okay with that um, because I knew that I didn't have the emotional capacity to invest in another person when I was using every little ounce of energy I had to invest in myself to try to get over the things that I was going through. But again, you know, people still like to have fun. You need to get out and get a break from life and all of your emotional, you know, mental states and everything like that. You just like, look, I don't want to think about nothing. I just want to go and, and bungee jump. You know what I mean? I just want a partner to go do that. Um, so again, you know, communication is key. And just because somebody says, you know, I want to take it slow, make sure that their actions are aligning with their words, that they are opening up slowly and not just using that as an excuse not to open up at all. You know, completely avoiding the intimacy or avoiding the um, the um, vulnerability, you know, state of vulnerability that they might feel uh, talking about their own emotions. So, um, yeah. So I just want to, to reiterate that. And, um, you know, we have a few more minutes here. Um, am I attracting after my kind? Exactly. You know, the best people to attract are those who you attract being authentically you. You know, is it me? Am I putting something out there that's causing certain types of people to come? You know? Um, so today I cannot do the phone calls. I wish I could, but if you, if you, um, type something or, you know, um, in the comment section, I can read it. But, um, as you know, my co-host is not here and he has a soundboard that has the, the, the calls on there. So unfortunately I'm unable to take calls today. Um, but if you have something that you want to share, please, please, please in the comments, share it and I will show it. And uh, I will read it and we can talk about it from there. And mom, I know it's probably a lot. <laughs> so I apologize for that today. But, um, you know, I just want to say for those of you who hung in with here with me, thank you so much for hanging in here with me. Um, you know, as, as Seth is gone, uh, I know that we have a lot of banter back and forth. And um, so, you know, it's a little bit different with just me, but um, I hope that I've given you guys something that you can take back um, that's good for you. Um, and thank you for the World Chase Summit for being a part of this today. So appreciate you guys' support. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Rochelle. So, yeah. So I just want to say, you know, just take stock of, of where you're at and, and the people around you, um, who you are, you know. Uh, are you in that situation where you're emotionally unavailable or are you attached to someone who is emotionally unavailable? Uh, you may not be able to, you know, they may not be receptive to it. Maybe if you let them listen to some of the information, <laughs> they'll be able to do a self-check, you know, instead of hearing it from somebody else that they typically probably don't want to hear it from anyway. Um, but uh, I hope this information just kind of gives you guys a little bit of glimpse into, you know, taking a look at yourself and the people around you and that you're attached to it. And sometimes, again, you know, people have gone through a lot of things when they were young and we have to give them grace. You know, now that we have the information, we can treat them differently or treat them better or or offer certain things to them if we see that they exhibit these these, you know, traits all the time. And then it's going to be whether they want to do something different or not. We can't force anybody. You know, you can lead the, the horse to the water, but you can't make them drink, you know, but the the information is available. 
And this is what Sanity Check is about. You know, we give you the information. Hopefully you take it and you you apply it and you utilize it in your life. And hopefully it makes, you know, your life a little bit better or makes you think a little bit more, challenge yourself a little bit more um, so that we can live healthier, more productive and happier lives. You know, in the end, I'm 43 years old and I just don't want to waste my life anymore. You know, being unhappy or being stuck in situations that I have the power to overcome. So, um, yeah. So I just want to say thank you guys so much. Um, I know it's a few more, a few minutes uh, left on here, but I'm going to end this broadcast here. But thank you guys so much um, for just, like I said, supporting Sanity Check for hanging in here with me today as I hosted by myself. Um, my co-host had life issues going on that really need to be taken care of. But he'll be back next Saturday and uh, we'll be doing our thing again. So I just want to say thank you all. Um, I appreciate you. And I hope that you guys have a wonderful week leading up to the next Sanity Check. So take care, y'all. All right, now. Bye-bye. <laughs>